This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. That, that's a challenge, but you know I get to play. Uh, I stay ready, and I don't know. I only know how to play one way. That's play hard. So if I'm playing, I'm gonna do that night in and night out. Um, but you know, even if you're a starter and you play every night, that's a challenge as well. This whole job is a challenge, and challenges are good. You know. That is Justin Holiday. Of course, 35 minutes last night stepping in as the Nuggets are adjusting to injuries to Jamal Murray and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Joining us now as the Nuggets at the All-Star break is Vinny Benedetto of the Denver Gazette, the lead Nuggets writer there. You can follow him at Benedetto on social media. And Vinny, thanks for joining us. Uh, now it is the All-Star break. We talked about those two injuries earlier before you came on. By resting them last night, the Nuggets get nine days of a break for Murray. And for Caldwell Pope, for the Nuggets now sitting in fourth in the West, it is health, not standings, that are driving the decisions for this team as the regular season goes along, right? Yeah, I think that's that's going to continue to be the the most important thing over these last twenty seven games, and I think it's uh, going to be interesting because it's it's going to be kind of a fine needle to to thread between pushing for seeding and making sure, you know, you're getting, you're getting guys at their optimal health level for, for the start of the postseason. But yeah, I, I think the rest of the way, the way it's going to be optimizing guys, guys health and freshness over, you know, fighting for, for a one or two seed. Vinny, we were talking earlier about uh, the Nuggets last year, finishing the season seven and 10, and then getting a week off before the playoffs began and turning a 7-10 and 10 record over the last 17 games to whatever it was in the playoffs, 16-4, and four, sound about right. Uh, yep. Uh, this year, uh, going into the All-Star break with a three-game losing streak, but getting more than a week off before their next game, uh, would it be fair to say that while – going into the all-star break with a three-game losing streak wasn't exactly what they had in mind. Uh, it's nothing over which to be terribly concerned. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it'd be more concerning if it was the same thing in all three games. And I think, it, you know, obviously you got to note a majority of those last three were played without Jamal Murray and Contavis Caldwell-Pope. Um, but you, you know, the, the first of the three-game losing streak, they, they obviously just don't show up with any defense in Sacramento and, and kind of get blitzed there. Um, then Milwaukee, you know, uh, to hold the Bucks to 112 points, I think that's, you know, uh, in Milwaukee, I think that's a, a coin flip game in terms of a win-loss. And, and, you know, you look at last night, and, and 102 points against the Kings uh, should be enough to beat that team most nights. So um, it, it's been a different thing each of the last three games. I think, you know, if you're one thing Michael Malone mentioned as a, as a – constant those three is the team is just not making open shots and he chalked a lot of that up to mental and physical fatigue sure uh, so yeah I, I don't think there's you know if it was one thing where you know they're they're giving up 130 points in each of the last three games maybe you, you start to worry a little bit but i think the fact that it's been a, a different thing in um in those last few i, I think you know is, is reason to to ease off a bit on on sounding the alarms to that end, and I don't mean to pick on uh, your colleague over at the Denver Gazette, Mark Kisla, who called the uh, the, the Nuggets' uh, title defenses dead already. That was his uh, his term. 
I don't suspect that uh, the Nuggets feel that way. I don't suspect that you feel that way. That seems a little premature, right? You're talking about the best starting five in the league still when they're healthy. I understand there are concerns about the bench, but Sandy's done a great job of pointing this out. The bench last year, at this point in time, was playing nothing like the bench that we saw come playoff time, and that could happen at least to a certain extent again, couldn't it? Yeah, I think that is going to happen again. You know, we've seen them... And I think we've we've talked about before in the games the Nuggets really want this season. We've already seen Aaron Gordon at the five, and, and I think come postseason it, it's going to be in the games that really matter. It's going to be Aaron Gordon at the five. So I think right. uh, this this team is very confident in. Um, it, it's like you, your first point. If, if they're healthy, uh, I think they're going to feel pretty good about um, where they stand. Um, I, I do think it is worth noting that I think you know this this year the West is more balanced. You know, I, I think it's going to be a tougher road than they had. Oh, it's it's uh, much stronger, undoubtedly. Yeah, undoubtedly. So I, I think it's I think it's, you know people might want to ease off thinking there's going to be another sixteen and four run through the playoffs, but um, yeah, I think the, the general consensus and and I would put myself in this group is that uh, if they're healthy, if that starting five is healthy, and they've got a few guys they can trust off the bench, there they should feel as good as anybody in the West about their chances. Yes, and based on what the standings indicate now, they play Phoenix in the first round with home court advantage. Uh, they would clearly be favored. Uh, they're uh, well ahead of Phoenix. I mean, three games, and actually when you break down the different numbers of home and road games that two teams played, uh, their advantage is, is a lot greater. Uh, of course, by the end of the season, everybody plays 41 at home and 41 on the road, but during the season, they're crazy uh, scheduling dips and uh, the, you know, the Nuggets just uh, uh, came off a stretch that uh, I think looking back a month, we always knew that it'd be kind of challenging. But to me, the big game they won was the game in Los Angeles against the Lakers where they played splendidly. And then, you know, some people uh, didn't go the next night, uh, including Michael Porter, who had started every game right. uh, up until then. But, uh, it, it all comes back, I suppose, with people who say they, they can't repeat. And obviously, if you take the field against the Nuggets, yes, yes. I agree. Their chances of repeating aren't great um, compared to everybody else, though, as a single entity. Uh, to me, they're, they've got about as good a shot as anyone, but people are going to point to the bench and I think we saw last night uh, that if they're missing their starting backcourt, uh, when the most effective guy off the bench was Zeke Naji last night, I guess I can see why some people might be concerned about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, for, for this bench unit, I think, I think it's going to come down to, to Reggie Jackson, and I think he's a guy who needs this upcoming break as much as anybody he does um he does he does because you know, you know and the last night you could tell he was feeling something in his in his leg yep um and, and he just kind of chalks it up to the wear and tear of the season but um he's one guy who whose freshness i would i would prioritize because um you know I, christian brown and peyton watson i think are, are two very trusted guys off the bench but i think they're they're going to be relied on to create havoc defensively and when the, the game slows down in the postseason um, you know, in that half court stuff, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, relying on Reggie to run some stuff. And right. so I think he's a guy, 
he's a guy I would I would prioritize making sure that he is fresh. Um, and yeah, you know uh, the bench bigs. You know, I, I they've been a big talking point this season. I don't know how much we're going to be really talking about them in the decisive games of the playoffs. Maybe they're guys you play in games one and two, and you know the first and second round. Um, but as it goes on, I don't I don't think that's going to be a, a huge point of concern. So uh, for me, yeah, the the bench is certainly the biggest question facing this team and i think it comes down to reggie jackson who, who's a guy who's who's fared pretty well in the playoffs previously the the idea when the nuggets passed on the trade deadline look i understand that the salary cap is is limiting but the buyout market may start occurring at any point in time we've actually started to see some of it how aggressive do you think the nuggets are likely to be given some of their situations with the bench given some of the deficiencies uh, and how likely do you think that they will get if they were to pursue something what do you think they will pursue would it be a a backup big would it be some other position yeah well first i don't think they're going to be very aggressive on the buyout market for for a couple of reasons you know one you've got to wave somebody yeah i don't think yeah. you want to wave any of the guys you drafted um if you get into waving um vlatko or justin holiday i don't know how that kind of sits with with everybody and like we saw last year, you know, last year they went out and got Reggie Jackson at the buyout market, and he talked about how hard it was for him to integrate to a team that sure. so so differently from a lot of other teams in the NBA. Um, so, A, there's, you know, what kind of upgrade are you really getting on the buyout market over what you've got? And B, how, how long do they have to really get acclimated to the team and make a significant impact that's an upgrade over what you're getting. And I just don't know if that really exists out there. Um, if it did, I guess at this point I would be getting a little guard insurance if, if there was one thing, because, um, you know, the, the third point guard right now between Colin Gillespie and Jalen Pickett, like both those guys have played really well in the, at the G League. Um, but, you know, they, they just haven't showed that ability right now to be uh, NBA contributors. And obviously the, the level gets raised in the playoffs. Uh, but there's not really a name out there guard wise on, on the buyout market that is, is, you know, makes a whole ton of sense for this Nuggets team right now. So um, I, I would be pretty surprised if this roster changes, changes at all going forward. The other issue, I suppose, and uh, I don't have the charts in front of me that uh, uh, people tend to keep on minutes played. I don't know that there was a huge jump in minutes played for Jokic uh, in the month of January and so far in February, but uh, I noticed 39 minutes last night, and I know it's the last game before uh, a break that extends out until, what, the 22nd of this month, I think. But I would guess in the last third of the season, one of the objectives would be to keep Jokic as often as they possibly can under 35, even under 34 minutes. Yeah, I think that's going to be important. And really the, the schedule breaks pretty favorably for the Nuggets. They've gotten most of their back-to-back sets out of the way. Right. And right. The, the, Didn't they the lead schedule- the league post uh, or pre-All-Star break and back-to-backs? 10, I something that like that. They've only got, they've only got two or three. Right. Left. They don't have. Right a road trip that's longer than I think two games the rest of the way. So I think yeah. the schedule is pretty favorable for um, 
setting up for resting him without him needing to take whole games off. And I, I and I think you kind of hit it there where it's he'll probably be available most nights, but you don't you don't need to see him go past 34, 35 minutes much the rest of the way, I don't think. Going into this really this back end of really back third of the schedule, when you, you look at the way that the Western Conference is really clumped in, we're speaking with Vinny Benedetto of the Denver Gazette, of V Benedetto on social the idea of seeding, uh, obviously, I think Nuggets fans look at it and they think of a title defense and they're thinking they're seeing the Nuggets in fourth and, and maybe being a little worried about it. Obviously, it's very tight. Sandy suggested earlier that the Nuggets will finish in second. I think that's quite likely the case as well. But at what point do you get concerned? As, as, as I believe, I don't have the number in front of me, but no NBA champion has come lower than the three seed since 2005. So, by and large, that seems to be indicative of you have to be one of those top, let's say, six teams to really have a shot. Nope. Yeah, I, I lost it there, but I, I think I know what you're getting at. And I think a, a top three seed, it, it should be the goal, and, and it's quite attainable. And, and really, um, they've got three games left against the Timberwolves. So, if, if you prioritize both yeah, games. Yeah, <laughs> That'll be if interesting. If you go into – if you go into those games and have some success, like then the one seed becomes very attainable. Um, you know, Oklahoma city feels like a team that given their lack of experience, home court advantage might be a bigger deal to them than it would be the Clippers or the Nuggets. So I wouldn't be surprised if they really push uh, hard to, to maintain their standings. But yeah, uh, I think, you know, as long as you're in the top three as, as a Nuggets fan, I think you got to feel good. I wouldn't be thrilled to see the Suns in the first round, even though they still have some, uh, you know, some matchup issues, I think, with Denver. Um, but just that star power, as we, as we saw last year, I think uh, should should be reason to to try to avoid that four or five matchup as it stands right now. But, yeah, I think there's there's uh, an easy easy path given the, the strength of schedule and the lack of back-to-back and, and massive road trips that, uh, you know, the Nuggets should feel pretty good about their chances being a, a top two or three seed. Yeah, I'm going to pursue that a little bit because I, I think you're right. Uh, when you've got right now fifth through ninth, now let's say fifth through tenth, you've got Phoenix, New Orleans, Dallas, Sacramento, Lakers, Golden State, in theory all possible first-round opponents. I think the Nuggets have psyched out the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, I think it's pretty clear they haven't psyched out Sacramento. Dallas has Luka. Uh, New Orleans is dangerous, I think, as long as Williamson is healthy to go with Ingram and Valanchunas and McCollum and uh, a decent bench. Uh, and you mentioned Phoenix with with the star power. Uh, so, I, I mean, other than the Warriors and the Lakers, uh, I, I think your first-round series, regardless of where you finish, is, is going to be challenging. More challenging, let's say, than last year right. when Minnesota wasn't close to being the kind of team it is this year. Right. Yeah, I think it's going to be challenging one way or another. But I think, um, you know, Sacramento has, has played well against the Nuggets, but it was pointed out to me earlier today that um, the first two Nuggets-Kings games were both Denver back to second half of Denver True. back to bed. On the road. Obviously, uh, yep. And, and the Kings came came here. In, in fairness to them, last night uh, on the second night of a yep. back-to-back for them, um, but 
uh, Sacramento would be the one matchup of, of the top eight that I think I, I wouldn't have much concern um, from really? the Nuggets' perspective. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just, um, they can score, but, you know, I think KCP can do a good enough job on, on Fox and uh, – yeah, yeah. Well, Fox went nuts last night with KCP not out there. Yeah, especially in the final three. In the minutes final three Reggie minutes, Jackson yeah, right. playing through an injury, right? And, right. Um, so I, I just think as you know, the game slows down in the playoffs. I think that's going to be an issue for Sacramento to figure out. Dallas was was kind of my previous team to target if I was the Nuggets, just yeah, because yeah, I like Aaron Gordon on Lucas so much. But I think their their moves at the deadline have given them kind of a new angle. So. I'm backing yeah. off that take a little bit, um, but yeah, five five through eight, each one of those teams has has something that that'll you know prevent Michael Malone from sleeping well at night. He is Vinny Benedetto. You can follow him on social at v Benedetto, and of course, catch him at the Denver Gazette, Denver Gazette, and their website, both in, in the paper. And uh, Vinny's on top of all of it, so it's always a great uh, treat to talk to you. Obviously, uh, I don't know how much of a break you get for the All Star. Hopefully, it's a little bit. I definitely enjoy the, the the moment while it's there because I imagine this last third of the season is going to be a very, very busy one. So we appreciate your time. Thanks, Vinny. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks so much, Vinny Benedetto, joining us. And, and I think that's the, those discussions that we'll find out over the next few weeks, the idea of, you know, will they end up in the top three seats? Will they end up in the top two seats? Yeah. Will health continue? I'm inclined to agree with Vinny. I just don't think that the Nuggets – are going to be players in the buyout market. The only no, person I that think I think, so. quite frankly, would be an oppor- someone that they might cut is the guy they started and played for 35 minutes. Yeah. A- and I think that, that probably indicates that Michael Malone would have to see someone that's a lot better that he would yes, be able to trust significantly in, better. in the case of because doing that. For all of the reasons that, that you know you might look at letting Holiday go, he really hasn't been a consistent part of the rotation this year. Well, who are you going to get? Also take who's that who, much better? And he's been and with a team all year. And is okay practiced. in that role. And he's okay in that role. That understands well, you yeah, won't get big minutes I, on a I, normal I, I think it's more important that you have someone who's practiced with you all year, even if he hasn't played a lot in the games. You buy out somebody, bring him in, uh, or pick up somebody in the buyout market. Right. And bring him in. They're new. And that was a problem with Reggie Jackson last year. And Reggie Jackson wasn't a part of the rotation in the playoffs. Hardly played. Now, this year, a little different. He had an off season. He had a training camp. He went into the season basically as the sixth man. I think he has essentially been that on a consistent basis throughout the season. Uh, probably started a few more games and got a few more minutes than he expected to get because Murray's missed 14 games. Yeah, I, I just I don't think it makes much sense unless somebody really lands in their lap. That is, you'd have to have a veteran that would be willing to take a very low salary. It's just probably not in the cards. I want to remind you over at Superbook Sports, we're changing the game, and you can win some money this season with Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling, with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use the promo code Mile High, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. That means the win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code Mile High. Download the Superbook Sports app. Enter that promo code Mile High, and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A very rare event in 
collegiate sports, pro sports, what have you, is likely to occur tonight on the college hardwood. We'll tell you what it is next on Miley Sports. And the wind catches your feet, sends you flying. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. On the college hardwood tonight, the biggest game of the evening is not on the men's side. It is on the women's side, where Caitlin Clark of Iowa is eight points away from breaking the all-time scoring record held by Kelsey Plum. Clark has never Scored fewer than eight (laughs) points in a game. She was held to nine once. Uh, They take on Michigan tonight. Uh, But, uh, I mean, wrap your head around this, folks. You know, when you talk about college basketball scoring, Caitlin Clark is averaging 32.1 points per game. That is absolutely bonkers. And she's doing it while shooting at a 47.3 clip on the whole and 39.3 from three-point range. And uh, you know it's a big deal when it ends up being the featured thing on the Peacock streaming service tonight. You have uh, Michigan and Iowa. Keep in mind if you're a Michigan, if you're thinking of actually just putting the house on Caitlin Clark so they don't end up breaking it against you, and Iowa is at home and a 19.5-point favorite, by the way. Clark has actually been their leading scorer in all but one game this season. Interestingly enough, in that one game, Hannah Stelke scored 47 against Penn State, and that, nothing by Clark, is the high output by anybody from Iowa this year. So you don't want to totally go in on Clark and uh, let Stelke go off and do her thing either. Right. Um, They've had some bumps in the road. Iowa has. A little bit. Uh, I mean, 22 and three, four in the country. It's overall solid, but yes. Um, But I think that speaks to the idea that there are more good teams in women's college basketball than there have ever been. There's never been this kind of There's no Tennessee or UConn under Oriema to totally dominate everybody and win virtually every game they play by 30 points or more. There's nobody like that. Uh, who is that dominant anymore? They're just more good teams now. I mean, LSU was expected to be, a, you know, before the beginning of the season when Colorado bumped them off. LSU is uh, 21 and four, but that's only good for in the rankings 13th. Yeah. South Carolina well, right now, the unanimous number one at wow, 23 lost and four games? They've lost four games. They're 21 and four and they're 13th. I mean, that's where it sits. The University of Colorado uh, hovers in at eighth, dropping four from last week. It's not like Casey Kasem there. Dropping four spots from last week, going to Florida, number eight. But the uh, game for Colorado tomorrow is a big one. The eight-seeded Buffs will take on the 22-seeded Utah team, and that will be in Utah. So a big, important game for them when you get to seeding. Obviously, the Buffs uh, not at any risk of missing the tournament, ranked into the country in 20-4 and overall. But the more you talk about how when you're getting a lot of parity, I mean, keep, keep in mind, look, Colorado's 20 and four. They're eighth. 
Syracuse is 20 and 4. They're 19th. Seedings are going to matter in this tournament. Yeah. So you want to win games and make sure that you get a high one because you don't want to find yourself in a spot where you can get upset. We'll see how that goes tomorrow. For the men tonight at, at Boulder, this feels almost for the Buffaloes who have gotten very wobbly now 16 and 8. Tonight's game against Southern Cal almost feels like do or die. USC is in last place in the Pac-12. Or pardon me, UCLA, my mistake. Sorry, UCLA tonight. USC is on, yeah, Saturday. Right. And USC is the bigger game. Right. uh, uh, Of the two. Uh, Obviously, uh, you'd like to win tonight. You better win tonight. But, you know, I I think you need at least two more road wins, and the likeliest places to get those two road wins would be Oregon State and USC. The seedings, of course, for the men's situation, when you talk about that, the uh, the buffs are, at the moment, uh, even for a while they were, they're no longer in the also-receiving votes anymore, so they have a lot of work to do unless they want to go in and somehow run the Pac-12 tournament, and that's not looking super likely with Arizona no. still uh, being Well, again, you spoke planet. about seeding. Right. You spoke about seeding before, and Colorado is more or less in the middle of the pack in the Pac-12. So they're going to have to go through not just one, but two of the better teams. Now, could they win one of those games? Yeah, possibly they could. Um, should they, by the end of the year, be good enough to be playing a lower-ranked team? Yes. So that's one win. Um, but it, the bugaboo for Colorado this year is, has been winning on the road. Yeah, and in which they've in, been in the conference, they have won road flat out. They've been bad. They've been bad on bad the road. bad on the road. On the yeah. road. Not, and yeah, uh, you it's know, and the, well, they were awful. bad against Arizona the other night. Uh, they lost by forty-seven to Arizona on the road. Right. They lost by twenty the other night, and Arizona played at least as well. Uh, Colorado had a couple of guys back, but one of the guys they had back was uh, who didn't play in the first game was Cody Williams, and he did not play well the other night. It is time for Cody Williams to step up and play like, the like top someone five deserving of being the number one pick mm-hmm. among college prospects. He will not be the number one right. overall pick. I don't think he'll be the number two or necessarily even the, the number three. At the moment, three, the top two prospects but, out of France appear to be right. everyone's favorite for one and right. two. He won't be a number one overall pick, but he will be a top five overall pick. He'll possibly, maybe even probably, be the number one pick among college players coming out. And apart from a brief flurry of games after he fully recovered from the wrist injury, but before he got hit in the face mm-hmm. and either has got an injury above the eye or a broken nose <laughs> from right, the mask he's be. wearing, right. I, I'm not sure. But he hasn't been as effective. And I, I was talking the other night uh, about this. We were sitting with uh, some regular uh, CU viewers in the in the stands, and there wasn't much to watch in the second half, so we were talking a lot. And I I can only imagine that it is somewhat distracting to play with a mask on. And he is oh, the only think, Colorado yeah. player who at the moment is playing with a mask on. It's it's somewhat distracting, but he's got to be better. 
than he was the other night. I thought Arizona pushed him around at both ends of the floor. Um, he wasn't in foul trouble. He just didn't have any impact on the game, at least not one that was terribly positive. I think you can rely on De Silva and Simpson playing well as they did the other night against Arizona. Uh, Williams is the is the wild card for CU. Uh, to a lesser extent, Lampkin uh, and getting something off the bench a little more than they've been getting lately. But the big X factor for CU is Cody Williams, and we'll see him at Pauley Pavilion tonight. Game tonight is at 7 uh, p.m. That will be an ESPN game. So, I mean, you're talking about uh, an opportunity for the Buffs. These are always a little bit outsized, right? Because you have the opportunity to go perform well in front of a television audience that may not be normally watching you. And now we're late in the process, and that can matter. And people keep hearing about this Cody Williams, and boy, his brother is terrific for Oklahoma City, and Probably an all-star this year. And uh, this should be the game. Should be. And, and, and I think he's in the game. I th- I'm not positive of that. But um, we'll, we'll see a, a lot tonight. Listen, I, I, I've long since given up hope that Cody Williams will be back next year playing yeah, for CU. it's not happening. But, boy, uh, in terms of physical growth, I, I will stick to the idea that it would be better for his development as a basketball player True. if he came back for one more year. And I even heard, uh, as you know, I follow Kansas. Uh, they have a freshman from Australia named David Furphy, who early in the season was coming off the bench, not really playing all that much or all that well. And all of a sudden, Kansas hit a rough patch. They're still kind of in the middle of one. But... Furphy was put in the starting lineup, and he took off. And in that first week he started, he had some really good games, and there were some rumblings that he should come out. And I said, he's 18 the years old. The mock drafts old. have him as a lottery pick right You've now. you got to be kidding. Right now. Well, Fran Frichilla, who does Big 12 games and knows the Kansas program better than anybody on the planet, said, Furphy ain't coming out. Uh, That was uh, something that got started a few weeks back, about a month ago. The talk has since quieted. Now the teams have scouted Furphy. And uh, listen, I think he's better than Grady Dick. But Grady Dick made a mistake last year in coming out after one year. And now he started. (laughs) Well, yes. That's that's the trick. They can always make money. I just don't understand. And I understand. I've watched Toronto's box scores. Dick has been playing a little more recently. He had a 22-point game just the other day. Uh, Maybe now with all that Toronto is doing, clearly Toronto's rebuilding. So Dick is going to get more minutes. But Furphy, to me, has been at least as good offensively for Kansas and probably as good defensively, too, as Dick was last year. And But but he just turned 19. He's been 18 for most of the year. He just turned 19. And he's not strong enough to come out. He needs work on his defense. Stay and play 35 minutes a night in college. Don't sit on the bench of a team like Portland or Toronto even that's not going anywhere and you're getting five, six minutes a game. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. 
I thought Walker made a mistake leaving when he did at CU. I know he's starting now for Portland, and he's playing a few more minutes than he had been. Last year, he hardly played. What was the point of coming out last year? Right. And and that's obviously the challenge, but I think you're right. The ship is probably Go sailed. average 20 points and 10 rebounds. That's what Cody Williams should do. Come back next year, I think you should do. Come back next year, average 20 points and 10 rebounds a game, and maybe you go number one overall, not just number one among college players coming out. It will be interesting to see, obviously, the bus tonight do have an opportunity to, to make a statement if they can go ahead and get this win against UCLA. It will be on ESPN, as will the game against USC. As right. for the uh, the CSU Rams, of course, so far, uh, all systems go. Oddly, because of the, the depth of the Mountain West, they are a little buried in the Mountain West, but still considered one of the best teams in the country. In fact, still ranked 25th well, you, you, in the coaches' you've got, poll. You've got at least five teams, and in some quarters, they're projecting six teams to come out of the Mountain West. Right. CSU, especially if CSU wins against Utah State at home on Saturday, they're one of the six. Their next the Rams are. four games, nationally televised, either on CBS Sports Network yep. or FS1. Utah so State they are on big, track. That will be a, be a big, big one, one on Saturday. We'll probably talk more about that tomorrow. want to remind you, by the way, if you are – uh, looking at buying a home, we know it's tricky in Colorado. I get it. The market's been crazy for years, but I know how to navigate it, and I want to let you know about it, too. My friends Dave and Mark at Key Real Estate Group's Colorado Luxury Home Team. And when I mention Colorado Luxury Home Team, you don't have to be in the market for a luxury home. Good for you if you are. Um, you know, Let me know if you, you know, have extra space somewhere. I do work in radio. But it means you get high-end luxury service, whether you're buying or selling. You need experts that know Colorado's market, know how to ride the highs and lows, and that means you need experience and stability. Well, that's what Dave and Mark bring to you. Key Real Estate Group is as stable as it gets. They've been in the same offices as a privately held company for more than 25 years. And with the Fed expected lower interest rates in 2024, beat the competition and buy your new home before the buying frenzy returns to Denver in the spring. Maybe you're even thinking of a new build. That's okay. Homeowners, uh, home builders are offering great new incentives right now. Dave and Mark can represent you to make sure you're getting everything that you deserve. So call Dave and Mark at the Key Real Estate Group today, 720-900-LIST. That's 720-900-LIST, or visit them at thekeyrealestategroup.com. Sandy, a week from tomorrow, the Colorado Rockies will take the field in Arizona. They'll do so with a very new way to watch the team. We'll have to talk about it next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, you heard me mention it. That's not a joke, folks. Literally, a week from Friday, the Colorado Rockies will be on the field. They will take on the Diamondbacks next Friday to start spring training. And as baseball comes around very quickly, and the Colorado Rockies, of course, coming off their first 100-loss season, do not appear to be significantly better as no significant free agents were added whatsoever to the team. Not a great time to be tangled up as one of the six franchises in the majors that don't have clear solutions 
to their broadcast issues after the bankruptcy of the uh, the Sinclair Ballet stations that handled those regional sports networks. Baseball is in the throes of that more than any of those situations. And the Rockies, in their particular case, uh, who, by the way, is uh, in happy news, lost to Jenny Kavnar, who then moves on to become the play-by-play right. announcer for the A's. The Rockies now will be available in exactly one place. MajorLeagueBaseballs.com, MajorLeagueBaseballs.com's MLB.tv. That's it. There will be no place you will otherwise see the Rockies unless they were on a national broadcast. And uh, to be fair, if you're questioning why they would be placed on a national broadcast, that's also a fair question. I don't know. You know, maybe Shohei Otani's pitching that day or something, I guess, and they're you know, looking for the tomato can. But the only way to see the Rockies now will be on streaming. And there are a couple ways to do it. You can either go through MLB TV and just get the Rockies. That will be Rockies.tv. That's $100 a year. Or if you're a subscriber to MLB TV already, and obviously Sandy and I are baseball junkies, and we are, but if you are already one of those subscribers, then the Rockies uh, become a little less expensive. You can get, add, add that onto your MLB TV for $50 a year. That part, I suppose, is I can live with that because I think the people who are watching it on on cable or satellite or whatever it is you have to get the Rockies broadcast that had been on AT&T Sportsnet for so many years and root sports before that uh, over the six month season, you're probably paying about $50 added to your bill. So that feels like a lateral move, assuming that you're okay with streaming by the way, because some people that's, that's complicated, but the idea of, you know, if you just want to watch the Rockies and you don't care about the rest of baseball, except for what's on national broadcast that everyone else has, you know, hundred bucks. Ugh. That's, I, that's a little steep. If I'm the Rockies, I'm a little worried that this is the year that you have to launch that. Sorry yes. about the 100 losses, but yeah. please give us $100 to watch right. that team on no, television. No. Uh, $100 for, for 100 losses uh, or more. Uh, no, thank you. And that's Ex- if you, Explain and that's, to me. And that's Translate. even if you're just buying it for the year. Yeah. It would be more expensive if you wanted to pay it monthly because then right. it's $20 a month. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess yeah. maybe like many Rockies fans, you could just get it for April and May and then tune out. Then tune out when the season's over. <laughs> I guess By you Memorial could do that. Day, as most seasons are for the Rockies. But uh, explain to me uh, what it means when they say uh, details regarding a plan for watching games on cable will be announced in the future. They're working on it. That's what that means. They're trying to figure out a deal. How but, distant a future would that be? Probably not terribly. I mean, I think they'll they'll find something that'll have some carriage right somewhere. I mean, you're already starting to see some of these streaming services consolidate to a certain point. We saw the announcement around the Super Bowl that, uh, and I, I, could, yeah. I don't have it in front of me. I could be wrong. I believe it was uh, Hulu, Peacock, Paramount, Plus, I believe we're working on combining right. their sports yeah. products uh, in and Amazon Prime. I think we're com- and their yeah. sports products offerings into one sports streaming service in which they would all share the revenue. Right, uh, you're seeing some consolidation. I know that in some of the, the Disney-owned products, for example, uh, well, it, you can subscribe to other services through your Amazon Prime. You can subscribe to others through your Hulu. I, I presume that. MLB is going to work to do something like that as well for the people who only have cable as an option. But uh, this is kind of where sports, with the exception of the NFL, is going. Uh, we have seen some of this overhaul happen. Obviously, the issues with altitude and and the Rockies have been going on for years. We know that 
uh, in Phoenix after Matt Ishbia bought the team. And that was one of the, the cities that had been caught up in some of this uh, stuff with the, the Bally Sinclair stations. That Ishbia had actually made a deal for this year to simply put the Suns on over-the-air television like it used what to be. What a concept. And, and I suppose that MLB could have maybe considered that with the Rockies, and maybe that's not even off the table. Maybe they, yep. they do come back and consider something like that. Uh, they have not a lot of time to figure it out, but it's a, it's a bad place for the Rockies to be in, and the Rockies already had one of the worst television deals when Absolutely. it came to revenue in all of baseball. Absolutely. And so y- there is plenty to nitpick about the way that the organization is run. But this one I feel for them because this was out of their control and they're behind the eight ball at the worst possible time. And I think what it means for Rockies fans is the opportunity for this team to get better fast may already be slipping by the wayside. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I, I think during the course of a baseball season with a team – like the Rockies, how many games do you really watch from start to finish? When you're hundred, when you're talking about a hundred loss team, right? Not it's not very, not many. very many. I mean, not unless not unless you do what we do, and, and it's your job. Yeah, it, it's but it's even, pretty even tough. There, I don't know about start to finish. Uh, I, I mean, once you're down, you know, six to one in the seventh, yeah, you can probably yeah, figure out yeah. the rest later. I mean, that's I, how it's going. I, I just. Uh, you know, the ESPN Plus has a pretty good package of Major League Baseball games, and I you you get I you just, get a, a a game of the week type thing on Apple uh, yes, every every yes, Friday. You know, they, yes. they're still uh, if you have regular cable, there's still the TBS broadcasts. Yes, absolutely, um, there are there's a lot of opportunities. There's a way to, get to a watch lot baseball of good baseball without watching and good Rockies, baseball. And it's good baseball. And that's a challenge. And th- this one isn't entirely their fault, but they are sort no, of stuck no, with it no, now. It's not entirely. And they're the first team. I mean, if you were to go to the, the MLB's website right now about MLB TV, and you're not going to anything mm-hmm. even specifically Rockies, you have a big picture of Nolan Jones. Yeah. They're talking about the home of streaming baseball because they now have three packages. MLB TV All Teams, MLB All Teams Plus Rockies TV, and MLB All Teams Plus, or pardon me, just Rockies TV a la carte. Uh, it, it's three because the Rockies are the only team that are stuck in this right now because th- there are no other places for them to land. There are other teams. Kansas City is dealing with this. Cleveland yeah. is dealing with this. Uh, there are other cities in which it's a problem, but their solutions, at least are have, the opportunities have not totally closed off. In the Rockies' case, there's nowhere to go, and so they're cornered in here, and and that's rough. I do think that Major League Baseball, within... I would say they'd like to do it with five, but it'll probably take 10 because with the Dodgers and the Yankees and some of the teams with major broadcast partners, they're not going to be in a rush to do this. I think MLB down the road would love to say, just pay us yes. for everything. Just just pay us whatever, $200, $250, and you just get every baseball game you want, no blackouts, we don't care. I think that's where the league is going. But you'd like to be the last in there, not the first in there. And that's a tough spot for the Rockies to be in. And I do feel for them there because they are already one of the league's very worst teams. They have not spent to make them much better. And while they do have some interesting players in Nolan Jones and Ezekiel Tovar, uh, they, they have some intriguing guys. Brendan Rodgers uh, would be healthy again, that there are some interesting players there. But 
they're going to be stuck with growth that is purely internal. And remember, the injuries that they have in their rotation already that aren't, I mean, Herman Marquez will not start the season. No, uh, Antonio Sensatella will not start the season. Daniel Bard will, will not, not start, the start the season. I mean, yeah. they are they are in big, big, big trouble. And we're a week away from spring training even starting. Uh, this rocky season is sunk before it begins. And now you have to try to sell viewers on purchasing a whole season a la carte when everyone understands the season is essentially DOA. That's bad. And uh, that's a tough spot for the folks down at 20th and Blake. And there's plenty of things to, to, to genuinely have issue with. But this one is just a lousy, lousy break for the home team. And that's, that's a shame. It's just kind of the way it breaks down. And, of course, we'll keep an eye on what the Rockies do as spring training starts in about a week. Spring, that, that is that quickly around us. Although the interest in the NOS to be about Shohei Otani joining the yeah. Dodgers. And, and uh, you know, now they moved on from... Juan Soto, what will happen with the Padres? It's with every other team in the NL West except the Colorado Rockies, and that's obviously not where you want to be, so that is a, a shame. But but there you go, by the way. If you're a Rockies fan, you have one place to watch it. It's streaming or nothing. And uh, that is a new frontier, not only for sports teams in Denver, but out of our four major pro sports teams, any of them, ever. So sometimes being a pioneer, like when you're Jenny Kavnar and you're the first... Yeah. Woman of primary play-by-play. That's great. Sometimes when you're a pioneer and you are stuck without a TV contract at the wrong time and you have to be the first one in trying to sell people on streaming alone, that's bad. Happens to the same organization in a matter of a week. So rough, rough going for the Colorado Rockies. Interesting games tonight, of course. We avalanche are underway, as we have discussed, out east the big game for CU tonight, of course, also involves. So And the big game, of course, in uh, Iowa, where Caitlin Clark set to break the record. So we'll talk about a lot of that. And, of course, uh, Denver Broncos, as they get ready their major offseason, we'll take a look at some of the situations there. We'll have Kai Fredricks in the Denver Gazette. will join us to take a look at the abs after tonight's game as well. The trade deadline uh, for the NHL, not very far away, three weeks from tomorrow. We'll talk about that all then. In the meantime, we have to step aside for about 22 hours. You don't have to go anywhere. Danny Bailey been the man in the booth making everything work. Sandy Clough, the uh, Professor Emeritus of Sports Talk on my left. And thanks to you, all of you who are listening and interacting with the program, whether it has been on the FM, the HD, MyLifeSports.com, the MyLifeSports app. And while, you, while you're at it, go follow MyLifeSports because if you've been looking on the stream, I'm wearing a really, really cool Nikola Jokic t-shirt that we're making a very limited run. The cover of our last magazine with Nikola Jokic, it was a big hit, not only in Denver, but across the country. Limited run of T-shirts. We're putting those together. You can check those all out at MileHighSports.com or anywhere. You can follow Mile High Sports on social. So give it a peek. We'll be back tomorrow for, oh, I was going to say Football Friday. It's not Football Friday. Not anymore. Not for months. Though we'll look at what might be better Football Fridays for the Broncos. We'll do that next. Stay here on Mile High Sports. All day and day.